0: Chapter Twenty-Two of A Prairie Schooner Princess by Mary Katherine Maule. This Levervox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty-Two, To the Rescue. In the sod house on the prairies, meanwhile, there was fearful suspense and anxiety. From the moment of departure of her husband and son, Hannah Peniman had watched the weather with an anxious eye when the wind rose and the snow began to fall fear took hold upon her with eyes scanning the horizon she went from door to window and window to door hoping every moment to see the wagon approaching over the prairie but the hours passed on and they did not come as the temperature fell and the wind rose her fears increased and when the pall of darkness fell and with a whoop and shriek and roar that she could never forget the blizzard swept down upon them her heart almost died in her breast a blizzard a blizzard she moaned oh god help them god have mercy on them out there on those plains in this storm the children terrified at the blackness almost like that of night that had fallen over the prairies, and at the shrieking and howling of the wind, gathered close about her. She concealed her own fears to comfort them. At the first approach of the storm the boys had put the cow and horses in the dugout and closed the doors. At five o'clock when they started out to feed them the door of the dugout was drifted halfway up to its top with snow, and the wind was so terrific and the whirl of the wall of snow so blinding and bewildering that they were unable to make their way from the house to the dugout. Lige, who had started out ahead of Joe, became lost almost before he had left the shelter of the house, and were Joe not close behind him he might have wandered away and perished on the plains. Battling their way back to the house, holding to one another, they sought the shelter of the kitchen, beaten breathless even in those few moments almost frozen when they made another attempt to get to the dugout they were obliged to tie a rope to the handle of the door and clinging to it groped their way to the dugout where they made the line fast and when they had fed and attended to the stock were able to guide themselves by it back to the house as the hours passed on and the travelers did not return THE ANXIETY OF THE FAMILY BECAME ALMOST UNBEARABLE. AT LAST JOE DREW HIS MOTHER ASIDE. I CAN'T STAY STILL ANY LONGER, MOTHER, HE SAID. IT IS GETTING DARK. FATHER AND SAM OUGHT TO HAVE BEEN HERE LONG AGO. THEY MUST HAVE LOST THEIR WAY IN THIS BLIZZARD. LET LIGE AND ME GO OUT TO MEET THEM. Hannah Peniman TURNED HER WHITE FACE UPON HIM. WHAT GOOD WOULD THAT DO? SHE ASKED you could not find them perhaps you too would get lost perhaps none of you would ever come home oh god have i not given enough enough joe took her hands but mother he said firmly we can't stay here and let father and sam perish in this storm without trying to save them Lige and i are strong we can take ropes We'll tie ourselves to the house so we can always get back. We must go, Mother. They must have got nearly home before the blizzard struck them. They may be out there, not far away, lost and fighting their way through the storm. Hannah Peniman cried out and covered her face with her hands. A moment later, she turned to the boy and said quickly, "Yes, you must go. It is thy duty." I would not keep thee from it go go quickly thy father may be needing thee it was bitterly hard for hannah peniman to send her two oldest boys all that she and the little ones had to depend upon now out into the howling blizzard as she gazed out into the whirling blinding shrieking tempest it seemed to her almost like giving them up to inevitable destruction but her husband another child were out there somewhere on those prairies in the blizzard it was the duty of these boys to go to their rescue all her life duty had been her guide so with prayers upon her lips and in her heart she wrapped them up and let them go fighting their way into the storm inch by inch unwinding as they went a great coil of rope that had been provided for a well rope but which fortunately had not been put in use as the two lads emerged from the shelter of the sod house the storm caught them in its icy embrace and almost drove the breath from their bodies they had the wind to their backs so fortunately were not obliged to head their way into it but the cold was so intense that it froze the breath in their nostrils the lashes of their eyes and the wind so fierce that it fairly lifted them off their feet causing them to stagger and stumble in the great drifts of snow they were warmly clad and well protected but they had not gone many yards from the house when they began to realize how slight were the chances that their father and brother caught out upon the prairies in this storm could ever reach home in twenty minutes their feet were like chunks of lead their hands numb and aching their faces in the small space left exposed tingling and freezing their breath was gone their limbs numb and lifeless and an exhaustion so great upon them that they were scarcely able to forge ahead and keep firm hold upon the rope as they stumbled and staggered forward joe far in advance of his brother stopped abruptly while a muffled cry came from his numb lips spotty whom they had taken with them gave vent to a sharp yelping bark and leaped forward in the snow under a drift with something black protruding from its edges lay a humped-up form joe sprang to it with an agonized cry he bent and with hands began to scrape away the snow while spotty whimpering loudly aided him by digging at the drift with his sharp claws a body lying face downward was soon uncovered joe turned it over quickly then gave a choked quivering sob of relief the body was that of an indian lige fighting his way through the drifts with head bent almost to his knees heard spotty's whining bark and stopped what's the matter he called out then seeing the body. My lord! What is that? It's an Indian. Joe rose from his inspection, shaking and trembling in every limb. It scared me almost to death. I—I I thought at first it might be— Be father! Or Sam! Who is it? Anybody we know? Lies shouted above the howling of the blizzard. No, never saw him before. Poor fellow! I suppose he lost his way in the storm. I don't wonder, panted Lige, I never saw such a storm. Lord I wish we knew where Father and Sam were. They can't live long in a storm like this. As they started forward there was a new fear, a new horror in their hearts. The sight of the Indian, young, strong, inured to the hardships of the plains, yet stark and dead in the drift brought them to a hideous picture of what at that very moment might be happening to their father, older and not so agile and strong, and to Sam, their chum, playmate, and brother, little more than a child. Lige had not approached the Indian, but with a shuddering glance had pushed on. As Joe started forward, his foot struck something embedded in the snow at another time he would have stopped to see what it was, but all his thoughts all his fears were with his father out there in that whirling blinding shrieking blizzard and his one thought to reach him if that was possible at the metallic click lige turned and looked back what was that he asked i dunno a tin can i guess answered joe and could not guess as he plunged forward through the blizzard that the solution of the mystery about which he had puzzled so much lay close at his feet. When the two boys reached the utmost length of their rope they stood still, not knowing what to do next. They knew to abandon it and go forward would probably mean death, that they would soon become lost in the tempest, in which they could tell neither location nor direction and probably perish in the storm they stood side by side holding on to the rope and one another their backs to the wind gasping panting, exhausted half frozen from the stinging blast that beat about them half blinded by the snow that was almost waist-deep where they stood and which covered them from head to foot while they stood still spotty crouched up close against them whined and looked up in their faces as if trying to ask why they should be out in that storm do you suppose we'd have any chance of finding them out there joe lige asked between chattering teeth not much joe answered huskily i don't believe anybody could live long in this i wonder if we shouted they'll never hear us through this blizzard let's try it anyhow the wind is blowing that way they might hear and if they were lost presently the two young voices were joined in a shout as loud as they could force from their aching chests spotty hearing it seemed to get some inkling that there was trouble and set up a loud barking he ran round and round them in circles nosing in the snow and when joe pointed off ahead into the reeling wall of the blizzard and cried go get sam spotty go get father he looked up in his face whined barked ran forward into the snow then back to leap and bark about them again and again they shouted calling upon their father's name upon sam's with all the strength that was in them after each shout they listened straining their ears for a reply but all that came to them was the wild roaring of the blizzard the shrieking of the wind as it whipped up the snow and tossed it in blinding clouds over the plains for long they stood the cold eating into their very vitals at last lige spoke i can't stand it any longer joe i'm freezing to death let's go on they can't be very far if we ever get away from the rope we'll never get back home answered joe and you know we've got to think of mother and the girls if father never comes back his voice faltered and stopped we'll have to go back then gasped lige we can't stand here any longer we'll both freeze to death they stood the two young strained faces turned toward the cruel storm their eyes trying to penetrate the reeling, swirling wall of white that eddied and whirled about them. At this moment, when all hope was dead in their hearts, when they had both abandoned the last expectation of ever seeing their father and brother alive again, there came to their ears a far, faint cry. They clutched each other. "'What was that?' whispered Lige trembling like an aspen leaf joe's only answer was to draw in his breath and send forth a shout so strong so thrilling with the hope that awoke in his breast that even the tempest seemed to heed it for a second the wind seemed to ease and in that second they both called and shouted at the top of their lungs again and again spotty too had heard the call he seemed to know now what the trouble was and what was expected of him. Barking loudly he plunged forward through the drifts, constantly looking back and stopping to bark and whine, as if begging the boys to follow him. Only for a moment was he visible. Then the storm closed about him and he passed out of their sight. Presently the call came again. It's them! It's Father! It's Sam! the boys shouted in chorus it's them it's them they're alive they're out there somewhere oh joe let's go after them panted lige for a moment joe hesitated all his heart was urging him to rush on into the blinding tempest toward the point where hence the faint calls came but the judgment with which nature had gifted him that judgment that was to mean so much to so many people in his afterlife restrained him. "'No, we'd better stay here,' he answered. "'If we get away from the rope, we might get lost ourselves, and make things worse. We'll do them more good by staying right here and shouting to them, so we will guide them to us. I believe by the sound they're coming nearer. Listen!' again they sent forth a great shout for a moment there was no sound other than the roaring of the blizzard then more distinctly than before came the answer there shouted joe it is nearer they are coming this way listen that's spotty barking i believe he sees them all we've got to do now is to keep shouting with hope renewed they redoubled their shouts and yells nearer and yet nearer came the answer and at last staggering out of the wall of white they could make out two huge shapeless bulks which as they came nearer, gradually developed into two floundering staggering horses with heads down and nostrils clogged and caked with ice and snow and on their backs two shapeless creatures which they at last saw with a joy too great for expression were their father and sam wrapped up in the buffalo robes and blankets behind them before them around and about them leaped spotty barking and leaping upon them as if he could not express his joy he it was who had reached them in their bewilderment and guided them back to the rope they were hopelessly lost had neither sense of location nor direction left and had been wandering about for hours in circles when they heard faint and far away the sound of shouts they answered with all the strength that was left in them but even then so paralyzed and bewildered had they become by cold and exhaustion that they should never have been able to follow it but that spotty came bursting through the storm like a guiding angel and barking and leaping about them had guided them on with the blizzard at its height the worn and weakened party would never have reached home but for the rope that anchored them to safety holding tight to it and leading the way joe and lige beat their way forward leading the almost dying horses whose knees were fairly giving way beneath them from exhaustion while the man and boy upon their backs were almost insensible from numbness and cold. It seemed an endless fight against the tempest, but the rope held, and step by step they fought their way back by its aid, until suddenly, out of the impalpable shroud that wrapped them in its icy embrace, they fairly bunted into the walls of the dugout. "'The dugout!' gasped Joe thank god oh thank god i began to fear that we would none of us live to get home seizing jim's bridle he led him up to the wall and lifted his father down in his strong young arms lige was already lifting sam from charlie's back so weak so numb and exhausted that he could neither move nor speak as joe was staggering toward the house with his father in his arms the door was burst open and mrs peniman rushed out into the storm thank god thank god she sobbed over and over as together they lifted the wayfarers into the house rubbed snow on their frozen faces and ears got them into hot blankets poured hot drinks and nourishment into them and worked over them until life began to revive then they got them into bed with hot irons about them and with a gratitude and thankfulness too great for words saw them gradually fall into a natural and healthy sleep sam had a badly frozen ear two frostbitten toes and a frosted finger and mr peniman's left foot was so badly frozen that it was many weeks before he could walk again but these injuries were as nothing compared to the fact that they had come out of the most terrible blizzard ever known in the territory alive, and the thought that the lost was found, the dear ones given up as dead restored to life again, was joy enough to overbalance any amount of pain. End of chapter 22